Amen and amen. This morning I want to speak to you on the subject of the unshakable people of God. The unshakable people of God. How many of you know that there is a lot of shaking going on around us, right? I mean, it seems like everything that can be shaken is being shaken. What you may not realize is that that is predicted and prophesied in the Word of God. So would you join me this morning as we study together the unshakable people of God? We want to begin as a launching point in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, I want to read to you beginning in verse 26. We'll read all the way through verse 29. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more, I will, not, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are, speaking of us today, we as believers, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, did everybody see that? A kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Now let me tell you how I read that scripture and just summarize it for you. Basically that scripture is saying this, there is coming a time in which everything that can be shaken, everything that is made with human hands, everything that is a part of this world is going to be shaken. And it tells me that God is involved in the shaking. It's not just because of man's activity or man's corruption. That surely adds to the shaking of institutions and things like that. But God is up to something. He's allowing everything that is not firmly established upon the Word of God, that is not central to the kingdom of God, that is His reign through Jesus Christ in our lives and in our land, everything that is not based upon those kinds of unmovable things is going to be shaken. So don't be shocked. Don't be surprised when you see things of a man that look like they're falling apart. It looks like they're crumbling. And I don't want you to panic. Don't get shaken. In fact, you ought to just say, praise God. The word of God is true. God is true. And exactly what God has said is taking place. But I think the scripture also is teaching us that you and me as the people of God, we have the ability to not be moved by those things. And we can actually live unshakable lives. So what the picture is, is that we who are the people of God, Christ living in our heart, can live in such a way that our lives are unshakable and yet everything around us seems to be shaking. Companies, businesses, nations, communities, people's lives are are going to be shook. You think they've gone through shaking up to now? Just hold on. There's more shaking coming. But the good news is that the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. It is unshakable. And this morning what I want you to do now is turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27. This is an amazing chapter, and I don't have Really, I don't have time to read the whole thing, so I'm going to read most of it to you. But it is a psalm of faith. This is a psalm written by David, and he writes it as an exuberant declaration of his faith. 
This is a psalm that is an expression of David's confidence in who God is and who he was. These are David's declarations. I call them five faith declarations for an unshakable life. If you know much about the life and the history of David, you knew that there was always stuff going on around David. There was a, either there was an attack coming from the right or coming from the left. He met many different challenges, many different adversities, and yet David's life, based upon Psalm chapter 27, he is declaring faith over his life, and he's giving us good insights for today on how you and I can also live this same kind of life. Now, before we get to the five declarations that I've lifted from Psalm chapter 27, let me just mention this before I read the passage to you. There is a principle that we can learn in scripture, and I just call it the principle of the spoken word. And basically it means this, Romans chapter uh, 4 verse 17 speaks of the fact that God God himself, the way he created the worlds was what? He created and called things as though they were not. He called things into existence, which things that did not exist before. How did God create the world? By his spoken word. It's the power of his creative spoken word that actually released faith to create. Faith is actually creative and allows when it's launched through your spoken word, it can actually be creative. Did you know that your words can either bring life or destruction? It all depends on what kind of words you let come out of your mouth. And it also depends on what's behind the words. So we need to respect the power of the spoken word. Proverbs 18 says the power of life and death are where? Right here, in the power of your language, in the power of your words. So that is a principle of the spoken word. What you say matters. And if you can learn to declare faith declarations with your mouth and mean it in your heart, my friend, you can stabilize your life. You can cause your life to take on a whole new dimension of victory. So what I want to do is share with you some of these right now. So I'm going to go to Psalm chapter 27, and I'm going to read most of it. I'll leave out just a couple of verses, but let me just read the whole thing to you so you get the flavor, all right? Here's what David says. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then, even then, will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, and that is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, just to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe. In his dwelling, and he will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. And then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. 
Then I want to skip down several verses, down to verse 11. And the scripture says, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, I think you can see very quickly that this whole psalm is filled with David expressing words of faith, isn't he? He is declaring his position. He is declaring truth, and he is doing so as a declaration of what he knows about God and what he knows that God has said about him. So now let me offer to you these five faith declarations. And I'd encourage you, if you're a note taker, and I love note takers, but if you want to just jot down these five, and then if you're interested, I can also make available for you the actual declarations that I've associated with each. Here's the way I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you five Uh, five themes that I'm picking up here from Psalm chapter 27. I'm going to read to you or designate the part of this chapter that has to do with it. And then I've written out an actual declaration of faith that's based upon those verses. All right. So in other words, this is something that you can say, that I can say. In fact, I'm going to lead you in saying it after we cover each of these five. Are you ready for that? All right. The first one is, I will live strong. When you're, that's a faith declaration. Let me say, I don't feel very strong. That's why it's called a faith declaration, because you may not feel it. You may not be living there right now, but it is a faith declaration. Can everybody just say it with me? I will live strong. Those first three verses of Psalm 27, clearly David is declaring his faith about the strength of the Lord. Listen to what he says. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Listen, when you know who the Lord is, you don't need to fear anything else. Amen? He says, He is the stronghold of my life. A stronghold is a safe place, a place of refuge, a place where you know if the Lord is your stronghold, you've got something to hold on to. Amen? He is the stronghold of my life. Who who do I need to be afraid of? He goes on and says, Even when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh. When my enemies come and my foes attack me, they're going to stumble and fall. You even let an army come and set a siege against me. My heart's not going to be shaken. Why? Because I'm going to be confident and I'm going to be strong. This is David declaring that fear is his enemy and he's going to stand against fear. He is declaring his trust in God that he is strong because of his faith. He is strong because of his confidence in God. It's an amazing declaration. Regardless of what's going on around me, regardless of how many people are speaking against you, regardless of how many enemies it seems are facing you on the right, on the left, it seems like every time you wake up, there's a new enemy with a new name coming against you. You can be resting assured today that God is able to strengthen you, but you must take a position of faith and you must agree with God's word and get in alignment with his truth about your life instead of allowing your to groan and moan and fall into fear. This is the opposite of fear. This is the opposite of being shaken simply because people are coming against you. This is David saying, I will live strong. I'm going to live strong. 
I've had so many situations in my life where I could have been overcome. Whether it be facing the sicknesses and illnesses that would come against our children when we were raising them. How many of you know parents, sometimes your child gets an illness and you see temperature rising, 103, 104, 105, and all of a sudden you begin to shake. Am I right? I mean, you go, oh my God, what can I do now? And you do everything in your power and it seems like nothing's challenging the temperature. I can remember times in which there there was far more month left than there was money. Can any of you relate to what I'm talking about? It just seemed like there was an, it was an impossibility to pay the bills that were in front of us. I remember times of ministry where God set challenges in front of us and things that we were to do in ministry, and yet it just seemed there was absolutely no way. But over and over and over again, as we would take our position and say, God, we're going to look to you. We're going to be strong. We're not going to faint. We're not going to be feeble. We're not going to fear. We're going to put our faith in you. God showed up every time he is faithful to those who will take their stand upon his promises and upon his word in psalm chapter 27 these first three verses i think make it very very clear don't allow fear to overtake your life don't allow the fear of your enemy or fear of of what's coming to rule your thoughts and your mind and your heart In fact, I challenge you to take this faith declaration with me, and I'm going to just say it, and then I want you to repeat it after me. I'll I'll speak it out first. I will not faint or be feeble. I will have strength and power greater than is expected. I will be able to stand firm and to sustain any and all attacks. I will endure because I am established and well fortified in my God. Would you, is that, would you say that that's, those aren't just empty words, but you would say that those are based upon Psalm 27, 1 through 3? Would you agree with that? All right, then would you repeat it with me, please? I will not faint or be feeble. I will have strength and power greater than is expected. I will be able to stand firm and to sustain any and all attacks. I will endure because I am established and well fortified in my God. Someone say amen to that, huh? That is a great faith declaration, and that's David's first. We'll go to number two, and that is what I simply have labeled, I will love God's house passionately. I will love God's house passionately. Let me remind you what it says. He says in verse four and five, one thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek. Now, I don't know. I've I've read that many times and I thought, wow, to understand this to the point that David did, he said, this is my priority petition. If I had to reduce it all to just, if I could only ask for one thing from God, what would it be? Do you know what he says? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the rest of my life. He goes on to say just to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. To seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, Listen to him connecting the dots. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. 
He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and he will set me high upon a rock. What is David expressing here? When he speaks of dwelling in the house of the Lord, he's speaking of the gathering places of God. They've changed throughout history. There was once that it was a tabernacle, a literal tent that would move from place to place. But inside that tent, there was a holy place. It's where where the Ark of the Covenant resided. And God allowed his presence to dwell in that tabernacle. And it was there around that tabernacle that the people would gather together. It was on the inside of that tabernacle that the priests would go with their daily sacrifices. It was there that Yom Kippur would take place annually. It was there where God's presence dwelt. Later it became the temple that was constructed in Jerusalem where all the people would love to come in their annual celebrations. Why? Because they knew that God's presence was dwelling there. You say, well, what does this have to do with today? You tell me I have to go to where the old temple was constructed? The West, you tell me I have to go at the Western Wall in Jerusalem in order to experience this? No, this is a new day, praise God. Now the Holy Spirit has come and dwells in your heart and in my heart. And now it speaks the house of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, and all that is spoken of in Psalm 27 is speaking about when God's people gather together. You have Jesus inside you. You have God's Spirit inside of you. I have God's Spirit inside of me. But when we gather together as a body of believers there's something about that that becomes the house of the lord don't confuse the house of the lord with being a building we're going to dedicate this next building for god's use but it is not the house of the lord we are the house of the lord and especially when we're joined and knit together in love and walking in unity. Listen, David was saying this. I, there's one thing I want to make sure I never miss out on. And that is I want to be in the house of the Lord where God's presence is, where God's people are all the days of my life. I never want to be isolated. I never want to be pushed away. And yet Christians today allow themselves to be isolated. They allow themselves to be separated from the people of God. They think they can do it alone. They think, oh, I've got, I've got other things more important to do listen to david's heart i want one thing if i could only make one request god let me never ever miss out on being a part of the house of the lord and where the beauty of your presence is what you sense this morning the beauty of god's presence how can you live without that david said i can't live without it i'm addicted to that i've got to have more of that he said i will love god's house passionately Oh, listen, there have been so many times in my life that I have been under such pressure, and yet after I experience the time of fellowship with God's people and the presence of the Lord, I'm like, I think I can go for another several miles now because I've been refreshed by God's house. Let me read you the declaration that I wrote for this. I will love God's house with a faithful and fervent spirit with a heart of unwavering devotion, service, and zeal. How many think that represents what David is saying here in these couple of verses? Do you think that is? Would you say it with me, please? I will love God's house with a faithful and fervent spirit and a heart of unwavering devotion, service, and zeal. Wow. Praise God. Would you look at number three with me, please? This is found in the sixth verse. I simply label this, I will hold my head high. I will hold my head high. He says in verse 6, Then 
speaking based upon what he's just said. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, once again, he's speaking about the the tabernacle, that place where God's people would come, where the presence of God was. He said, at his sacred tent, I'll sacrifice with shouts of joy. By the way, for you theologians and Bible scholars, he's speaking here of of the Davidic tabernacle in its new establishment back in Jerusalem. He said, at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing, make music to the Lord. How many of you remember when David danced around when the Ark of the Covenant was coming back in Jerusalem? He was dancing around and everybody was making fun of him. Huh? You remember that? He said, I don't care what people say. I'm not ashamed by how I'm going to act. I'm just going to make music before the Lord. I'm just going to rejoice and sing and offer joyful sacrifices. I really don't care what my wife says. That's what he said. Go back and read the story. That's what he said. I will hold my head high. There's another scripture that says that the Lord is the glory and the lifter of my head. There are things in life that cause your head to be pushed down into depression, despair, being downcast. There are pressures in life that as they mount up, instead of your head being up like this and walking with your head up high and the Lord being the lifter of your head, your head goes down. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can even see it sometimes literally watching people and you can tell when people's head is down. I know myself. There are many times that I find my head about halfway down. And I know you've been there too. So this is where we need to stand on the word and stand on Psalm chapter 27 and verse six when he says, Lord, after that, my head is exalted and it's even exalted up, lifted high. And it doesn't matter what's going on with my enemies. Doesn't matter what they're saying. Doesn't matter what other people do to me. I'm going to call, allow you to lift my head up above that. And this is my declaration. I will boldly declare the greatness of God. And the power of his word. I will not live in defeat. But will stand my ground. And fearlessly praise my God. I know God will lift me up. And I will live life with my head held high. How many think that properly reflects verse 6 of chapter 27? Would you agree? All right. It does. I promise you. So would you say it with me, please? I will rejoice, sing, and make music to the Lord in the face of my circumstances. I will boldly declare the greatness of God and the power of his word. I will not live in defeat, but will stand my ground and fearlessly praise my God. I know God will lift me up and I will live life with my head held high. Some of you are saying, I don't feel that. Some of you saying, that doesn't look like my life. That's the whole reason I want you to declare it. That's the whole reason we call it a faith declaration. Faith calls things that are not 
as though they are. Faith takes the truth of what God's word says and as you put it in your mouth and you get it down into your heart and you begin to declare this on a regular basis, let me tell you something. Things will start to change around your life. But you've got to make faith declarations. Some of us are making plenty of fear declarations. Some of us are making plenty of doubt and unbelief declarations. I think it's time we start making some faith declarations. Number four. I will pursue a life of holiness. Let me see if you're going to shout on this one. All right. He says in verse 11 and 12, Lord, teach me your way and lead me on a straight path. By the way, literally there the word straight in Hebrew means a level path. It doesn't just mean a straight line. It means a level path. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me on a level straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses are rising up against me and spouting malicious accusations. Any of you ever been accused of something you didn't do? Any of you ever here been tempted to do wrong or to to act out of uh, wrong ethics or to lose your integrity over something at work? Or to say, well, it wasn't quite a lie. It's just kind of it was kind of a gray area. Do you know what I'm talking about? Listen, in life, and when you have stuff going on in life around you, it's just the stuff that life and our enemy spits out at us. It's easy to start walking a path that is not straight, and it's surely not level. What David is asking for here is, Lord, I want to live a level life. No matter what is going on around me, no matter how much oppression that I'm feeling, no matter how much negativity is coming against me, I want to live in such a way that my life is a holy life, that I'm upright before you, that I have a life of integrity, that I can say, I'm living with a heart of integrity before you, God. That was David's heart. The Bible tells us that David had a heart after God. He not only had a heart after God because he was a worshiper, he had a heart after God because he wanted to live in purity and holiness. And so I challenge you in the midst of whatever goes on in life, one way to make sure that your life is unshakable is live a life of holiness. We're going to make mistakes. God's forgiveness is available for us. You're not going to have a perfect life, but we ought to be on a trajectory towards living more and more like Jesus every day. Don't allow the abundance of God's grace and his forgiveness to tempt you into thinking it's a license for screwing up and doing wrong. God's grace is not a good excuse for you doing what everybody else does. God's love is no excuse for you saying, well, I'm just going to act like everybody else. I mean, everybody else is doing it. Who cares what everybody else is doing? What does God want you to do? And what is a life of holiness based upon God's word all about? Are y'all hearing me this morning? So watch what you say. Watch your behavior. Watch your lifestyle, private or in public, and make sure that you can say, Lord, I know that this represents you. Would you look at my declaration on this? I will choose a lifestyle of integrity and I will walk according to the principles of God's word. I will learn God's ways and I will walk on a level path. How about making a declaration of faith with me on this one? I will choose a lifestyle of integrity and I will walk according to the principles of God's word. 
I will learn God's ways and walk on a level path. Hallelujah. I've got one more. Number five. I will not lose heart. I will not lose heart. After everything he goes through in the chapter, he comes right back to kind of to a similar theme at the end. And this is what he says. I remain confident of this. Do you know, even though you start in confidence, sometimes it's easier to lose confidence on the, on the road. You know, you lose it somewhere. The one. So, so David is coming right back to the confidence theme. And he says, I will remain confident of this. I will. Listen to his declaration of faith. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can I pause for a moment? Do you know what the goodness of the Lord is? There is so much to the goodness of the Lord. It has to do with every frame of life, every dimension of life from harmony and peaceful living and getting along with people in relationships and in family and in your marriage. It has to do with financial blessings. It has to do with with how you live your life. It has to do with all of the goodness that God wants to pour out and bless you with. And notice that it says, where shall I experience this? I'm going to be confident. I'm I'm going to see God's goodness. When? When I get to heaven is when I'm going to see it. Oh, I thank God for the streets of gold. That's all true. But he makes it clear what? He's going to experience it where? Right here on this side. In the land of the living. That's the now and now. I remain confident of this. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then he says, verse 14, wait for the Lord. The word there, wait, doesn't mean just hanging out like you're waiting for a bus. It means a, it means a, a waiting, a trustful dependency upon God. You know that your dependency, you're not trying to do it on your own power and strength. You know that God's the one who's going to come through for you. He says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. The idea here is not giving up. The idea here is that you're not going to lose heart. You're not going to waver. You're not going to faint. No matter how hot it is out there, you're just not going to faint. It's not just physically hot. I mean, it's spiritually hot. Am I right? And I mean, it can be intense. And the tendency is is just to, to faint in the midst of that intense heat. So hydrate yourself with the Holy Spirit. Make sure that you are rested on the fact that I'm not going to give up this race. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to lose heart. Listen to my faith declaration for this. I will resist the lies of the enemy that seek to blind my eyes to the goodness and the greatness of God working in my life. My God is for me and is able to strengthen my heart at all times. So I refuse to lose heart. I think that properly depicts what he says in verse 13 and 14. So would you repeat it with me as a faith declaration? I will resist the lies of the enemy that seek to blind my eyes to the goodness and greatness of God working in my life. My God is for me and is able to strengthen my heart at all times. So I refuse to lose heart. These are five declarations of faith that will help to produce a life 
of stability in the midst of a world that is shaking all around us. Would you stand with me for prayer? How many of you this morning say, I've been shaking a little bit lately? Anybody here? I've been shaking a little bit. And how many of you will say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit these declarations to my heart. And I'll, uh, I'll even distribute them this week in an email. So if you'll watch for it, uh, I'll send it to you to where you can have those for your own access and, and regular use. How many of you say, I, I'm going to start, rather than declaring all the wrong stuff, I'm going to start declaring uh, what God's word says over my life. Will you do that? Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you one thing before we close in prayer and, and we go next door to pray over the annex. Um, if you're here this morning and you're not in a right relationship with God, the best thing I can say to you is stop running. Stop running. Uh, the best thing to do is to say, Lord, I'm going to acknowledge who you are. And I choose today to put my trust and belief in you. If there's someone here today that, that needs to make a decision for Christ, I, I don't want to close without making sure that you receive prayer. Maybe it's a first-time faith decision to follow after Jesus. You need to be born again today, or maybe you just need to rededicate your life to Jesus. If there's anybody here today and say, Pastor, I want to make sure that I make that decision before I leave this service today. Would you just raise your hand? Is there anybody here who says, I have a decision to make for Jesus today. I want to make sure that I make it before we leave. Anyone here at all? All right, let me just pray for you. Father, I pray blessings over this congregation this morning. Lord, it's obvious that we're living in a time of great shaking. But we're reminded today of some unshakable truths. So that we, as your people, will become more and more unshakable. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be filled with your word and your truth. And like David, your words of faith would be in our mouth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm going to dismiss you. And uh, because of our time of prayer there, uh, I don't have teams here available to pray with you. So if, if you have a desperate need, make sure you just get a hold of someone and say, pray for me. But could, if, you're, if you have the time, just make your way right now over to the annex. Maybe uh, someone uh, out there would just lead some folks. Make sure they don't turn the wrong way on the sidewalk. All right. And we'll meet you right there and have a time of prayer together. God bless you. Have a great week.